0: Welcome to Notes from the Field, brought to you by Noeo Science.
1: So, uh, Gordon, how are you? How are you doing, Will? <laughs> how are you, buddy? It's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, and uh, you sent me a, a great question this week. Go ahead. And you said, "What's your dream ecosystem destination?" And what plants and animals would you want to see and hold and photograph
0: there? Yeah.
1: That's a great question.
0: Yeah, I just thought it might be a little less heady and fun.
1: Yeah, and I got- Relax you know, I, a little bit. I got a little taste of that within the last two weeks. And so the that's a poignant question for me. I got to dabble in an ecosystem I want to spend a ton of more time in. And mm-hmm. I and we're landlocked here. I have, I have set foot in every ocean, wow. but I haven't uh, gotten to explore- uh, I've gotten to explore the Atlantic a fair bit, but I haven't gotten to explore the kelp, the kelp forests, the kelp beds of the oh. North Pacific. And yeah. they're out, they're found other places too. I got to I
0: got to scuba dive in those Ugh, down in Monterey me. Bay,
1: man. But
0: it, you know, I would love to spend more time down there.
1: Yeah, I got to I got to spend a weekend with my oldest son in Puget Sound, and we went out, uh, took the ferry, and stayed out on one of the islands. There, San Juan Islands. Uh, yeah. It was it was Marrowstone Island, so south uh, near Port Townsend. Okay. Um, stayed uh, there and got to hang out at a state park and got to dabble a bit in the the kelp beds, uh, eel grass, lots of so eelgrass. grass. So, were
0: you go- snorkeling or just no? We were just you know, waiting,
1: Yeah. Uh, so I I uh, I just ch- I just hiked up the pants and went out until I was up to the knees or a little further. And I'm just fascinated by kelp. Oh, I um, love kelp and and aquatic plants, mm-hmm. uh, and then the invertebrates that make up that that interesting community. Oh man,
0: it's quite the it's quite the ecosystem.
1: Oh, uh, and so I discovered my first nudibranch in the wild.
0: Yes, they are just gorgeous. Was it like an inch and a half long? Or it was what? about
1: an inch and a half, two inches long. I, yeah. I can't. Was eat- it, um- frosted nudibranch or a uh, Spanish shawl nudibranch I'm going to be a total dork here and pull up my Instagram post because I don't know my nudibranchs No, that's well, enough. well, I
0: don't know too many. This but one, nudibranchs are a mollusk.
1: They are shellless with a shellless
0: gastropods. Yeah. Most gastropods have some kind of single shell, but slugs and nudibranchs don't. And uh, maybe if there's just a handful of hopefully I know this nudibranch I can see the- uh,
1: I'm taking too long to pull it up. So yeah, so nudibranchs, incredibly delicate.
0: Yeah. Did
1: it have a lot of
0: fluffy projections on its back? It did.
1: It looked like a flower.
0: Okay. Those types of nudibranchs, there's two basic groups of nudibranchs, the yep. dorids and the, and the, uh, and the aeolids. aeolids. And so it was an aeolid? It was an aeolid. With a serrata, lots of serrata. sort of serrata. Uh, frond-like uh, projections sticking out.
1: And, of the back. Oh, I thought I put the name of it on here, but apparently I didn't. There it is. Okay. I looked it up. I looked that it up. That looks
0: a... like a frosted nudibranch.
1: Okay. Is that a is that a genus or is that a particular species uh, of frosted nudibranch? I think nudibranch?
0: it's a species. Okay. I think it's a species, but uh, I may be wrong. It Might be something. But yeah, I could get you the scientific name on that.
1: Yeah, I I had it and I lost it. It didn't stick in my mind. But that ecosystem. I'm enamored with kelp forests. I am and kelp too. beds. I
0: have to say, and I'm enamored with it, the simplicity. I, I like the anatomy of a kelp, you know, hold fast, type mm-hmm. blades, mm-hmm. pneumatocysts, sort of su- simple. I mean, other than the pneumaticist word, I love their flexibility, <laughs> you know, right. stipe, hold fast uh-huh. blade. I mean, that's not very technical sounding. Yeah. And, uh. And just the rubberiness of them There's, and how otherworldly they are. And yet they're sort of familiar, but sort of not. They're sort of tr- tree-like. Mm-hmm. But I love the holdfast, you know, hanging onto the rocks.
1: And, and um, this idea of having, having vertical structure that's available as habitat in a, an aquatic environment right. is really neat.
0: In a forest, you know, and it's some the of them, some of the giant kelp down more south um, where you got 100 meter long kelp. That that's is just a, incredible. That's incredible. Mm. And then there's just the whole ecosystem of of sea otters being a kind of a keystone predator in that ecosystem, uh, where they really keep keep the sea urchins check. The sea otters, yeah, because if you don't have sea otters feeding on the urchins, they can have a population explosion, and
1: they'll just graze all that kelp to the ground.
0: Graze down, yeah, and we can turn it into a kelp barrens. Yeah and then sort of yeah it's like a clear cut underwater
1: yeah no uh, otters it's a, it's an it's neat to have that clear cut of a relationship too mm-hmm. as a keystone type of of predator there a keystone predator being one that's so essential yeah. if it's diminished or removed the ecosystem kind of falls apart yeah, yeah that forest I, i'm also enamored with it now because we've been reading Jules Verne's um 20,000 leagues under the sea right getting close to finishing For marine been, biology no, at home. Uh, oh, uh, just for just yeah, the eleven and nine year old uh, sons and I great. are reading that, and uh, the descriptions there are are just fabulous. Right of these kelp forests. If I could, if I could get hired to be a a field tech again, it would be to to catalog all the mollusks grazing in some kelp forest. Oh, that'd be <laughs> that'd be great. That I fun. mean, the
0: diversity is crazy. You know, in less than two weeks, I'm. Taking my marine biology class over to the coast near there, north and uh, east a little
1: bit of there. Basically, you're go Harbor, to
0: Anacortes. Right? You know, Anacortes, which is across from the sound of the San Juan Islands. Yep. But uh, then drive a another dozen or so miles to to Rosario Beach near Deception Pass. Okay. And that's where we'll go to the labs. And we're going to just mostly collect intertidal zone, marine invertebrates, algae, cool. stuff like that. So mostly wading kind of stuff like you did with your son. Hopefully we'll find nudibranchs and we'll find lots of different gastropods, chitons. Will, oh, uh, neat. We'll find chitons for sure. They're a neat we'll, creature. Starfish. I know there's this wasting disease that sort of wiped out the ochre sea star in the oh, northwest. I didn't know that. Uh, Hopefully they're coming back. I don't know what their status is right mm. now. But um, the thing about the diversity of these underwater ecosystems is that it's it's mind blowing. You know, I teach herpetology, and you go to the uh, I, we go to Southern Idaho, and so for us to get twelve species yeah. of reptiles, right. it's a small just like list. we are. We've spent two <laughs> right. days and we have found twelve species of lizards and snakes. But then we go marine biology; and it's a totally it has orders of magnitude more. More rich. Because rich, mostly because we're dealing with all the phyla. Right. Whereas in reptiles, you're only dealing with, or reptiles and amphibians, you're only dealing with two vertebrate classes. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the diversity just not there. Some places, pretty good. But um, you go to the coast and you come up to the shore and flip your first rock over mm-hmm. and you've got more than that in terms of species. Yeah. You know. So uh, amphipods, decapods, you know, decapods being crabs and shrimp and lobsters yep. and that sort of thing and then you got amphipods and isopods and you've got several species of algae, red algae, brown algae, green algae. I mean, it's like and then multiple species of each, right? It just in flipping one rock
1: over. It's a different it's a it's different a totally, type of investigation. Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting. So
0: yeah, kelp. Uh, you have really hit the nail on the head. I I love kelp forests. I would. Uh, I'm landlocked, so I just get over there usually once a year and get a little bit. But that's just up to the knee. Yeah. You know, knee deep.
1: Do you guys take those creatures and bring them back to the lab no, for well, identification yeah, we purposes? Keep or... them
0: alive, and we bring them back in buckets to the lab, and then we examine them under dissecting microscopes, stereo microscopes. And in dishes, and like the salt water is on tap in the lab, so we can keep these critters happy and cold and in their salt water. Yeah. We can examine them under the microscope, watch their movements and behavior, and then once we're
1: done, we let them go. Excellent. It's just great. So that, that nudibranch was a white-lined dyrona. I don't know if that rings a bell.
0: Okay, it looked very close to the Frosted Nudibranch. Did you look up the genus of Frosted
1: Nudibranch? Uh, you know what? After, I'll send you my that. I'll send you my source look, I used. Yeah, it looks after pretty, pretty here. similar, but it yeah, may be maybe the same genus. Com- yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so the, you know, I'm going to stay stuck in the marine environment here. I'm almost going to stay stuck in the intertidal zone. Mm-hmm. Uh here, you know, kelp forests, of course, get out of the intertidal well, zone
0: eventually. Well, I mean, eventually. dream Destination, Dream destinations. Anywhere in the world. I'm going to, I'm just. Going to stick
1: with that. So I'm, I'm moving, I'll, I would move now, uh, a place that has long fascinated me is, uh, this place, uh, kind of uh, both sides of Wallace's line, right? So yeah. Indonesia, uh, right. Papua New Guinea.
0: That'd be great. That
1: whole kind of Northeast Micronesia, Australasia, Oceania, they call it just the heart of probably the highest concentration of islands. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world, um, and this this area is rich in biodiversity for a couple major reasons. One is uh, that it's it's in the tropical zone, and so it gets it gets direct sunlight at equal amounts. There's an awful lot of islands there and shallow waters, mm-hmm. um, and then also the uh, just the construction of the Earth's plates there yield a, a great diversity of, of potential habitats. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have this entire Philippine plate uh, converging with a couple of other plates there, the Indian plate and the Australian plate. And so we have a lot of shallow water, a lot of warm, shallow water. And because of that, we have a lot of coral reefs and mangrove forests. And so I would say, oh, those mangrove forests, I'd love to explore them. I I say that with a little trepidation because I know there are critters that might want to get me. In mm-hmm. the, in those places, yeah, you know, saltwater crocodiles so, yeah, and some others. Exactly. <laughs> so I would be a yeah. I'd be a bit nervous, uh, but I yeah, just to see the, the the diversity.
0: You know, I think both of us are big diversity junkies. We we love particular animals, but the thing that really rings our bell is seeing a lot of different.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: And you know, I have to say that there are certain places that are. No-brainers. It'd be great to go to the tropical rainforest somewhere, but I'm also thinking. And surprisingly, when you go into a tropical rainforest, whether it's the Amazon or the Congo or, or something like that, uh, you're expecting it to, to be a sort of an eco poster right away, where right. you see those eco posters that sort of ramp up your expectations. Right, like you'll see a hundred all of this right away. All Yeah, all of this right away. Whereas you might be groping around in the forest floor in the dim light and you're sweating and getting bit. It's not going to necessarily be comfortable. It's not going to be romantic because it's just not a wonderful habitat for-
1: It's not the northern temperate zone. For, yeah. It's yeah. not
0: going to be as comfortable. But if you stay there long enough and you start to get search image and start to look at, Details and crooks, nooks and crannies in the leaves and the mm-hmm. vegetation, and under the leaf litter, things start to come. Uh They're there, but mm-hmm. so many of these critters are so well camouflaged that it just doesn't slap you in the face when you get there and you think, "Hey, I'm in the tropics. I should be seeing. I should be. They should be all over the place." Yeah, well, they those, are. Those
1: videographers worked. Yeah, they worked really hours. hard,
0: and um and so. It takes a lot of work and a lot of good eyesight, and and the cameraman may zoom in and get this wonderful shot and put it in a nice coffee table book, and you go, oh, I got to go there. It's not going to be as glorious. It's not going to be as easy. It's not going to be as easy. It might be as glorious, yeah. but you've really got to work hard for it. Part of it, in terms of what I would like to see, I'd love to go to the temperate seas of Tasmania. mm uh, sort of, you've got these very, in some ways, similar kelp forests up in the north, but different kelps. And uh, the thing that is down there in the temperate seas of Tasmania between Tasmania and Australia are the leafy sea dragon, which Ooh. is my favorite
1: fish. Ooh, that's a hard-to-beat fish.
0: Oh, I oh, mean,
1: man, just it's in the
0: seahorse family, and I, I, talk I about. Might, I might agree with you. Talk about just. The most f- phenomenal fish to look at—it's its behavior, its morphology, uh, how the males brood the offspring, the eggs uh, are fertilized and then sort of embed themselves in the uh, in the ventral side of the, the sea dragon, the male.
1: Yeah, it's just that camouflage is so the camouflage beautiful. is
0: just amazing. It really is, and that I would, would love to a, see a that wonder. and a few other fish in that area. Mm. You know, I'm I'm sort of a land guy, but and we both mentioned the sea ecosystem just because it's so rich. Yeah, you know, I've I've already mentioned in an article I wrote, and I think I've talked about it with Nate on uh, a live stream, where uh, when I scuba dive, this is sort of off the record, but now on the record, that I get <laughs> woozy.
1: Oh, why you scuba dive. Uh,
0: Yeah. Oh, that's I, no good. And there's still sort of a mystery, because I think in Hawaii, I was a little sick. I think I had a, a bug of some sort. Yeah. But I think even when I wasn't sick and I scuba dived here in the pond, you know, I think the canned air uh, in the tanks just yeah. get get me a little off. Yeah. At first, I'm fine, and I can be... Fine for a while, and then all of a sudden, a wave of nausea hits me. Yeah. So there's something about breathing again. Maybe, maybe if I do it more, I'll be fine. But I don't have any great desire to do extreme scuba diving. Yeah, you know, I do. For
1: forty. Oh, I really want to.
0: I mean, forty to sixty feet if it's nice, calm water. But I don't want to do anything sketchy. Yeah. Uh, in terms of danger, and I don't want to get nauseous. I, I But, I'm, what, I'm, but I'm not a fan when I'm down there, okay, <laughs> I think part of the thing besides the canned air is there's the sea swell. Yeah. And uh, that swell can get me woozy if I'm going up and down and I don't realize. But anyway, you don't want to hear my tossing no, that, cookie story.
1: <laughs> uh, the, uh, so I got to do a little scuba diving in uh, the Great Barrier Reef when I spent a semester overseas in the South Pacific. And... Uh, that really is a special type of experience and it goes it kind of goes back to that mention of Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea I was just um you know experiencing an otherworldly place in in this medium that we typically don't find ourselves yeah it's not our habitat in right it's just it is kind of an alien experience yeah yeah
0: so what else what other ecosystems um you know I have to say I'd love to go uh, to Sort of uh, real high, high elevation tropics. Cloud forest. Well, or yeah, cloud, well, I've been to cloud forest in Sri Lanka, but I mean, some places in Africa where it's, it's way up there. And so the flora is very, very, very different than what you're, what I'm used to yeah. in North America, but similar climate, uh, just a, a total, totally different flora and fauna. I'd like to see that kind of diversity say up in the high mountains of Africa where you've got the uh oh just the the thing that fills the niche for the cacti or you the oof, I'm just going It's blank. Not the Welwitschia.
1: No, well about-
0: that that's cool. That's in Namibia, I think. But um uh, the plants that look kind of like uh, yuccas over over mm. in the Old World. Mm. I'm not I'm, sure. I'm going
1: Yeah. Blank. No, but there is something interesting that happens when you get into southern hemisphere. The some su- southern hemisphere vegetation mm-hmm. there's some significantly different. And you mentioned it in part when you were talking about Tasmania. Mm-hmm. You know the kelp forests are made of different types of kelp species. The the flora of Australia and, yeah. and Tasmania are very different than the northern temperate zone. Mm-hmm. So there are some yeah. There's a plant species that I'm I'm forgetting the name of right now as well. That's found in those high elevations in Africa.
0: Right. Uh. But it, it's sort of a desert. It's sort of a desert plant too. Uh, gotcha. But I, I let's just get to something a little more familiar. Galapagos. I'd love to go to Galapagos just to see the the herps there. I'd love to see the Galapagos tortoise, the land iguana, the marine iguana, and uh, just some of the things there that have been you know used for advancing the whole Darwinian paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. I would love to go there and just, you know, hopefully Riot in the Dance can sometime go there yeah, and and film. And I really, really want to go to the deserts of Australia uh, again for the herps. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd love to return to the Sonoran Desert again for finding a lot of the herps that we didn't find in Riot in the Dance Earth. Lots and lots of things there. I just, I really do like uh, American... We're uh, spoiled, man. Yeah, I do I do like the southeast. hmm I love the smokies and the Blue Ridge. Up in the I would just love with a really, really good flashlight to go up in the uh the Blue Ridge in northwestern North Carolina, mm. up in the mountains near near Boone. Yep. That area is the highest species richness. Of salamanders in the world.
1: Yeah, the plethodontids. The plethodontids,
0: yeah, mostly plethodontids. But that's like the the lungless salamanders, and and there's one mountain called Mount Rogers, which is right on the border of North Carolina and Virginia. It's the highest
1: elevation mountain in the state.
0: Yeah, in the state of Virginia. Yeah, and it's got 20 species of salamanders on that one mountain. Wow. I just, I really do. Going up at night after a heavy rain. With a good headlamp and seeing the salamanders crawl over the forest floor and on the vegetation. It's just, it's, they're like living jewels walking around. Yeah. Uh, It's just great. Awesome. Yeah. And there's a lot of places that I've raised my family, Virginia and, but places I haven't been in the U.S. that are just, there's something familiar, but something exotic.
1: Yeah, I'd li- one place I'd like to spend more time is is in the Great Plains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the most iconic, but it's it's become one of the more rare ecosystems just because this right. is also arable land. Yeah. So mostly this it's has mostly been, been it's been furrowed. Yeah. Uh, for for growing crops, but there's some there there are a lot of bird species that are only found in that kind of Great Plains mm-hmm. central, the central U.S. and up into Canada. I'd love to spend a little more time in the prairie. Right. Uh, just yeah, watching, yeah. learning about those prairie species, invertebrates as well. Yeah. I think it'd be neat. You know, most of the living things in a prairie ecosystem actually live below the surface. They're in the soil. Yeah. And so it'd be interesting to um, to catalog yes. diversity of inverts. And speaking
0: of the prairie, there's one, I mean, I did my PhD on eastern box turtle. I've never in the wild, because it wasn't in the west, I've never seen the ornate box turtle in the wild. Okay and that's in the same genus terrapini i would love to see the ornate box turtle and the the desert box turtle in the southwest
1: what's the range of the ornate box turtle
0: ornate's mostly in the midwest okay i mean like mostly west of the mississippi a midwest i guess would so Do these... the central plain states yeah and then the desert box turtle which is a subspecies southwest. of the of the of that Western box turtle down into the Southeast, gotcha. Southwest. I'd love to see those guys because I'm very familiar with the, with these turtles. But yeah. These are different, different species, Terrapini ornata, rather than Terrapini Carolina, which is what I studied. And one um, more
1: terrestrial place I yeah. would like, um, I would love to just spend, uh, you know, a season on, on some. On like the Mald- the Maldives, I think that's how you pronounce it, or mm-hmm. Midway Island or some mm-hmm. atoll. Just I'd like to-, to go to Fiji. Okay. Yes. I got to spend a little time in Fiji. Oh, you bum. I did. I spent about 10 days. I mean, you've gone up to
0: Alaska. You've been
1: to some really places. I did cool a lot places. of traveling prior to being married. Um Man. And hopefully, I'm what trying to you? convince my wife we would should go to Fiji for away? our 20th. Stowaway? what did you do <laughs> so, as a biologist? Uh, so I studied abroad one semester in college, and we were based in Sydney at Macquarie University. But we spent about three weeks in New Zealand in a week and a half or two. Did you in see Fiji. the tuatara
0: in New Zealand?
1: Not in the wild. I saw a tuatara, but I haven't seen him in the wild. Oh. Yeah, that would be something. I did see the, I did see the. I believe it was the yellow-eyed penguin okay. in the wild, uh, South Island in New Zealand. Oh, but Fiji is a special place. I'm trying to get my wife to go back for the yeah. 20th. We'll see.
0: That's great. Yeah, but now, just to see narrowing the diverse... down, just uh, ramping things up, yeah. narrowing it down to, instead of ecosystem, is there a particular, in the wild, seeing a particular thing, animal, plant, I think we've been leaning towards animals, but mm-hmm. one particular animal that you'd like to see in its natural habitat?
1: You go first. That's tough. That I, is I tough. I have to think for a minute.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it is tough for me too. It's going to be
1: something super rare, I yeah, think. Yeah.
0: There's so many things I'd like to see, but one of my favorite lizards, just because of its incredible anatomy and physiology is the, any number of chameleons. Mm-hmm. So I would love the, the highest species richness of chameleons in Madagascar. So, and it's being really... Uh, a lot of primary forests have been destroyed yeah
1: a lot of bad stewardship yep going yep. on over there but
0: uh i would love to just see a lot of diversity of chameleons
1: is that where is that where um the smallest chameleon the smallest the pygmy chameleon the pygmy is. chameleon i've seen some photographs oh, of that yeah. creature they're, they're incredible
0: i just think chameleons are fantastic they're kind of like the you know as the leafy sea dragon is amazing for the fish the chameleon is fantastic. And as far as reptiles go, their body shape is bizarre. Their, the way their hands and feet are designed, their tongue, their eyes, everything's just flat, amazing. I
1: agree. I've always been enamored with chameleons. And of course, birds, what's your- Well, I would say I would lean birds? away from birds for this question. Oh, really? I would say it would be going eye to eye with the blue whale. Mm. That would be the thing that I would. I have to say, appreciate you're,
0: the most. You'd have to. I would be blown away if I was assuming the I'm not animal. sick. Assuming <laughs> that I'm not sick. If we load while you I'm up on Dramamine, diving, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> Dramamine, and I would love to just be in shallow water scuba diving and have a blue whale
1: uh, pass
0: me uh, really close, so uh, I so, can just kind of hold my. skin hand out and let let the body of that blue whale go past me of course you'd probably be fined you know right. because you don't look sideways at a
1: blue whale around here sir so when i was scuba diving on the great barrier reef a group of students that i went to college with went scuba diving in a slightly different location a slightly different day and they actually saw whale sharks oh, i was so jealous. Wow. Yeah. Kind of on the same order of seeing a blue whale, the yes. world's largest fish.
0: So there's this, when we went swimming with sharks in off the North shore of Hawaii for Riot in the Dance, you all, if you saw the Riot See it if you water.
1: haven't, it's so fun.
0: So the uh charter boat that we were going with was One Ocean Diving. And um it was a pair, well, they had more than one boat, but the boat we went out on, Her name was Ocean Ramsey, Mm. and his name was Juan. So Juan, well, it's one ocean diving, sort of play on word. Gotcha. So Juan, J-U-A-N. Yeah. But his name was Juan. Her name was Ocean. And you've got some incredible footage of her swimming with sharks, as in she's ridden great white sharks. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. That's so she was the one that gave us all these instructions and she's, she got some amazing video of her. She's sort of the shark whisperer. Shark whisperer. Now she, she knows when they're hangry. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> it's a good she's, thing she's, to be aware she's, of. She's, uh, she's, <laughs> she's snorkeled with tiger sharks and great whites. I mean, she's ridden them. She's held on to fins. I've never heard I mean, heard of and that. these were big. Wow. These were very, very big. <laughs> And so if you YouTube some of her footage, it's just like you sort of, your jaw drops that, you know, she's obviously figured out if they're hangry or not. And she knows she's got a sense of when to get out of the water. Yeah. And when she's okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I might've gotten in the water with, uh, Galapagos sharks and sandbar sharks, but you know, that.
1: Great white might be cutting it. Yeah. That might be where the line is drawn.
0: Yeah. And she, she was sort of amazing in terms, she was sort of part fish.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> she could she was static.
0: She could hold her breath for six minutes. Wow. If, if she's not doing anything. Amazing. Less f- when she was actually swimming. But so she was uh, amazing as far as knowing how to read these animals. Yeah. Or, you know, hopefully Important she doesn't. a
1: person to have by your side. Yeah. When you're in that ecosystem. Well, this was fun, Gordon. Yeah. We're going to have to do so, this again.
0: Yeah, that would be great.
1: Excellent. I'll uh, let you go and see you next time. Yeah, and everybody out there, just think about, hey, in your investigations, uh, what ecosystem is is the most appealing or attractive mm-hmm. to you? And maybe uh, think about that and, and maybe use that as a place to start studying ecosystems right. if that's something you're, you're hoping to do at home. And the
0: thing I want to leave you with, don't assume that your backyard is just not up a- I mean, yeah, it's okay to think of something I would like to do this bucket list thing, but don't forget that there's amazing creatures even in your backyard. That's I right. mean, don't just say, "Oh, that's an earthworm or that's a roly-poly or that's there's so many amazing features about these creatures if we just sit and look intently at their behavior and look at the details and their diversity." Uh, it's just it's,
1: it's great. Right out your the Lord door. The Lord has provision for our curiosity here at home. Yep. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thanks, brother. We'll see you. See you.
0: Thank you for listening. And remember, for all your homeschool science needs, go to noeoscience.com. That's N-O-E-O science.com.